Hello and welcome to another episode of 10,000 Hours. I'm Grant Spanier. And I'm Vince Kochi. And you are listening. Oh my goodness, are you? You are. You're listening. Episode 100. The 100th episode, the centennial of 10,000 Hours. I could not have predicted that we would make it this far. I'm glad we have. Uh, let me be the first. I mean, we, we laud about it on the show. We, we gush about it endlessly. But let me say, right now, for posterity, it's been an absolute pleasure working with you for 100 episodes, Grant. No doubt. No doubt. A, a treat, man. Thank you. Uh, and thank you to anyone who's listening right now who has joined us recently. This is your first episode, maybe? Or stuck with us. And uh, there are a few of you, so shout out. And Vince, I, it can't be overlooked. Uh, you astutely pointed out that this is 1% of our 10,000 hours. We made it. 1%. Fuck. If you if you assume, like, collectively we spend 10 hours a week on this show, though, then... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, it's only 10%. Yeah, all right. All right. That's a little more achievable, yeah. Yeah, dude. I'm all we so need is episode 1,000. More, yeah, 900 more episodes. So t- stay tuned, guys. Dude, I feel like in the mid-2020s, we're really going to be hitting our stride. <laughs> well... <laughs> Okay. Okay. The first 100 have been really fun. Man. Yeah. Uh, what what a treat! And as is the custom, I think now with any significant milestone, whether that well, I was gonna say whether that be episode 42 because it's the answer to life, the universe, and everything. Ha! Which That's is a, a Douglas Adams reference. Right? Yeah, Hitchhiker's Guide nice, to the nice, very Galaxy, nice. but not good. I guess we've we we uh, we do the occasional hostful, especially for the end of the season stuff like that. And episode 100, it just felt like we had to do it, man. Absolutely. And, oh my God, we were talking about a pretty intense topic. Oh, it it got it got pretty big. It got pretty immense. Um, but it was it was also like pretty fun. It was a discussion about life's work and the perspective through which we view an artist or our own as artists uh, body of creation, um, be it career, life, the combination of the two, etc. Yeah, it got pretty muddy, murky, messy, complicated. There's a lot of questions that are inherent in the conversation, right? Yeah, that we didn't really know how to answer, but we tried. But a lot of uh, I think the conclusion at least that I drew out of it were that uh, we should just kind of follow those those tendrils where they go and not get too attached to them you know especially in our life's work but uh, so we did <laughs> we just went all over it was pretty cool so thank you for taking that ride with me Vince it was an absolute pleasure thank you for taking it with me thank you to our guests whoever has been listening from early from late often or otherwise uh, thank you for joining us and thank you to Super good co. And that's super with no E. That's right. Pretty cool, pretty trendy name. Uh, and they are the creators of the Slim Wallet, which both of us currently use. We we, we looked we looked to our butts for a second there. Uh, it's honestly my favorite wallet that I've ever owned. It uh, it contains two cards, and usually that's about it. That's kind of like my vibe. It's uh, it's fashionable, it's cool. And, uh, man, they ran one of the m- most successful Kickstarters, I feel like, coming out of Minneapolis, at least. Absolutely. We're it's we're proud to be associated with yeah. such a cool yeah, yeah. brand who basically just made a name for themselves in all the ways that you might hope to expect in, in 2014 and 15 at the time. What are years? What is time? It's all about our life's work, Minnie. Well said, Grant. 
And here's to a hundred more episodes. Look out. There we go. Um, Thank you, everyone, for everything. I hope that you enjoy episode 100, Life's Work. whatever but like ray kang's out there thriving like he sent a, he sent me an email today that i said i booked the flights and the locations are scouted can't wait to shoot it and i'm like i have no idea where he's going <laughs> he's just like i booked the flights and then just like, <laughs> go get him slash- go get him kang <sighs> Vinny, grant my my dear friend <laughs> My very dear friend. Uh, I've asked you this question so many times. I don't know how many specific. Wait, how exactly though? How many times would you imagine that you've asked me? Mm. Should you should you be imposed upon Hold to on. guest? Okay. Here, let me do. I'll do it on my fingers here so that I can keep an accurate count. And can somebody put in, Pat, that's you, the 10,000 Hours Visual Gag theme song? <laughs> we have that? <laughs> well, we're doing a visual gag. This song plays. Wow, let's commit to that. <laughs> All right, Pat, you're on the hook. You know what that means. I, I'm into, I'm sure we could license something or we could find something in the public domain that fits that theme. It's sort of Jeopardy-esque. Yeah, like, yeah. I was. Please stand by. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. okay. I'm in. Music. All right, I'm in. Cool. I'm in. I'm in. Uh, God damn it, Vince. I think about 100. Just about. It's been 99. Okay, so this would be the 100th if and when. That's exactly right. Should you ask me a, a particular <laughs> I question? I like if and when is uh, got to be the feeling you approach the start of every episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Since, since we're on the topic of if, of when, let's make it when right now. Ooh. That, that sentence feels odd to say. Let's make it. I feel like if you isolated that, let's make it when right now. Let's make it when right now. Damn, that's, it's coming like, let's make it rain. That could be a new thing Ooh. between you and I. Hey, let's make it one right now. That almost seems like a sexual advance, like a, like a, but a suave one. You're like sitting outside the chalet, Ooh. you're having a glass of bubbly and you go, let's make it win right now. Oh my goodness, Grant. I'm actually <laughs> making my heart flutter a little bit. So Vince, could you tell me, what are you putting your time into? What are you working on? Well, thanks for asking, Grant. For the and hundredth time. For the hundredth time, and let me let me quickly interject by saying it's been a complete honor to be asked Ooh. all these one hundred times. And this week, I've been busy. I've been traveling again. I was in Iowa, down at the Pure Fishing Research and Development Facility, Iowa office for a new client that we're going to be working on soon. Uh, we're announcing it tomorrow, so this this will not be proprietary information uh but yeah i'm really excited to work on that and i've been doing some of the legwork research reading about it getting myself familiar i'm going to be on the project i've also written a little article about social media but not really more about (laughs) about weirdness and like nostalgia and why someone who's almost 30 thinks the way they do uh for the egotist which is a cool little publication love it here in minneapolis love it Man, we'll link to that, right? 
Yeah. What's it called? I mean, I'm not sure it'll be, it's called anti anti social. Jesus. <laughs> is that, is that eye roll inducing? No, no, that, that, that was, that was face grab inducing <laughs> for visual gag number two. Uh, I would not roll in my eyes. It was more just like, oh God. Oh, Vinny, what have you done? <laughs> what have I done this time? Uh, yeah. So I'm not sure it'll be up when this episode's up, but whatever. Yeah. It's all yeah. good. Grant. Let me do the distinct honors of asking you so for now the 100th time. A rare Vince, uh, like a... A little a a verbal fl- flub. A flub, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm glad we're on the same word length there. And is that a new term, word length? It's a wavelength for words. <laughs> what have you been putting your time into recently? What are you working on, man? Well, actually, uh, I have had, I have had the distinct honor of hosting... Former guest, uh, David Cherry of Death to Stock, which we've mentioned on the show before. Lots uh, of times, actually. I think he holds the record. He's got to be. all-time mentions. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He and Seth, neck and neck. They're so close. <laughs> um, I've been hosting him. We've just been working on Death to Stock stuff and, and chilling. He's like my homie. <laughs> Most respect for Sherry, who is a man without a home right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, he is doing the uh, the road style lifestyle, hitting it couch to couch, relationship place to relationship. place. Well, yeah, well, I hope not too well, much. Well, like on that friendship part. to friendship. I mean, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah right, right. There's we, room we're all for many. In relationships There's room for many. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, yeah, so he is. Uh, he gave up his lease and he's hitting the road and working on the stuff we're working on and soaking up the inspiration that the road will allow and so we've been jamming here uh i guess yeah yeah we spent some time together a little bit um so i've been doing that and working on debt to stock working on on the show here got a personal site that i think now it won't be up it'll be soft launched but oh. the week after it will be fully launched which has been so man Kate, what a, stay tuned for next yeah, week listeners what a labor of love that motherfucker has been oh yeah uh, yeah i'm so excited to share it with you because i think you like it and that's cool. uh, pretty dope so that's cool looking forward to it man yeah other than that man just plotting out plotting out the uh the work the projects the schedule the life Dare, dare I say the podcast? The We've podcast. Been a little yeah. bit busy on this. We have been, man. We are stocked up. Uh, Let's formally acknowledge that we're in our 100th ever episode, Grant. Let's, for- yeah, formally. <laughs> and we are. It's been now 100 episodes, 100 hours. So we're, what, we're like 1% of the way there. <laughs> oh, yeah. A little bit under. <laughs> or times 10, times 10. Yep. Okay. Shoot. I'm no mathematician, but I think we're close. Yeah, that is... No, wait, that's... Yep, that is 1% shit. (laughs) (laughs) So So. we've got a ways to go. um, God, that's only 1%. I know, so stay tuned. We're going to have many more episodes coming at you. We need to. Um, But no, (sighs) jokes aside, it's been... What a wonderful ride it's been. What a pleasure, what a pleasure. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it is a sense of pride, I think. It's like... I was actually on my personal site, even I was like just writing out the descriptions of each project. And I literally wrote in like, we published our, cause this will be posted at later. I was like, oh yeah, we, we hit a hundred episodes at X date or whatever or something. It's like, oh yeah, that is like a fucking cool thing, especially for a show that is like num- numerically titled and like has <laughs> yeah. the number of episodes sort of in that number. I it mean, feels good. I am personally, and we won't pontificate too long. We we but, have an actual topic that we're yeah, going to yeah, discuss, yeah. but I'm I'm just proud because I have never worked on a project of this that's been this long ongoing. Yeah, that we've put this much consistent 
time, effort, energy, and passion into and has turned out so rewarding. Yeah. Uh, it's really embodied our mantra of ship it, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's nice to to be able to look back at such a pride-inducing body of work. Totally. Yeah, just a... Uh, it's not like we have ownership over them, but just the breadth of guests and the, uh, I say it so often when we have guests on, I get almost emotional about it, but it's like the, a lot of the work they're doing is so generous. It's like, yeah, they're just like really inspiring people. And so to be any part of that story is so cool. And uh, yeah, hopefully we can just keep doing this because if we're able to bring those stories to people at all, and uh you know just keep formulating our own and it's just like i don't know it feels good it's important feels great i think we're doing really good work that was a high five. all right that was a high five i'm sure you guys heard it if not pat has dropped in a high five <laughs> sound effect so you've heard that instead um rough <laughs> it's gonna be a rough episode for pat <laughs> yeah over two um but maybe a quick thanks to all the people who've yeah made i mean thank you awesome. to the people who have listened uh, which has, you know, been a growing number and we've never been attached to that, but it is cool to just kind of see that number rise, uh, if only to spotlight the people that we have on. Um, and then thank you to the people who have- Most who, importantly. Uh, yeah, who have lent their time and energy and and insight. We've had some really smart, kind people share with us. Truly cool individuals. Yeah, and and each each time we do this, it feels like a unique little- piece of art in its own way it's just like a cool little capsule of an experience and it's fucking cool couldn't agree more man <sighs> all right so without further ado enough back padding am i right yeah i feel like it's more of a butt slapping there it is <laughs> that's our that's vibe nice. <laughs> yeah so we started talking a little bit about you know what we were going to talk about for this episode and a couple of things have been really really in my mind recently um one has just been my the formalization of my work with Death to Stock and and just putting more time, energy, resources into that and having pretty long conversations with David and with Sean, former guest, Sean Singh. Uh, what was he, 96? Yeah, that sounds yeah. about right. Yeah. Uh, just about our personal missions, our personal visions and how that applies to all the work we're doing. It's sort of like, okay, if we're going to if we're going to commit to doing work long term together, like we really want to be aligned on that. So I think I've thought a lot about that stuff before. We talked a lot about that before on here, but that's just kind of reinvigorated that conversation, even even in my head. You know, and there's like it's a conversation. It's not one sided. There's a few people in there <laughs> who are talking. Uh, so that was one thing. And then the other thing is, I watched this uh, documentary recently. It was the Tony Robbins documentary, um, and it's called "I'm Not Your Guru." Mm-hmm. And I have approached Tony Robbins. Are you familiar? Yeah, we talked about him briefly on the, oh, yeah, on the last, last one. Episode, yes, yep. yes, yes. So I've approached him with some trepidation. And I think uh, we talked. Oh, so we did discuss this on the last episode. Yeah, yeah. So when I came, when I watched this documentary, I was like, totally, <laughs> you're looking at my hand now. Sorry. <laughs> the old misdirection. I, 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 I was expressing so wildly with my arms. Uh, but. Uh, just watching that and hearing him talk and it just it's a uh, pretty intense just really intense it's almost like interventions and you just start to think and then perhaps maybe just like the cultural climate we're in which feels 
at times apocalyptic. I think it it creates a sense of mortality, maybe, uh, that inspires thoughts about a life's work. A life's work. Yes. Um, that can mean a lot of things, but it is going to be our topic of discussion today. Uh, it can mean your magnum opus, maybe mm. the piece of creative output, art, if you will, uh, that most hopefully or retroactively defines your career mm. or your life. Uh, it can be looking back at the body of work, the sum of all of your efforts, um, artistic or otherwise. And it can it could probably mean a couple other things. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, we both kind of made like a eyebrow raising, half smirk, half cringe. Yeah. Like, who who knows? It, it mean it, there's a lot wrapped into that phrase. Um, there's a lot of importance kind of laced within that term uh, that makes it tricky to talk about. Yeah, and kind of scary because it, it's so ultimate. It is really. It, it's. In a lot of ways, we dance around it on this show, you know? We talk about the 10,000 hours, but what does that mean? <laughs> Where are the 10,000 hours going, right? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And we, you can try to dodge that bullet by being broad in the things that you create and the sort of It's all about putting you your take. time. It's not about that. Right. But that, that ultimately becomes your legacy then, is the breath. Um, so it's inescapable. At its core, life's work is kind of a discussion about reflection, right? It's mm -hmm. about looking back. Or but, plotting. Or could it be about looking forward, right? Yeah, yeah. Pl plotting kind of has like a villain vibe to it. But, <laughs> but Scheming. Yeah, yeah. But I think planning and, and preparing. I'm kind of curious, Vin, what's motivated me in a lot of the stuff I'm doing and in a lot of the, the direction I feel like I tried ahead and am heading, whatever, uh, has been people and people that I look up to, whether they're close, actual mortal humans I know, or or just like kind of distant figures that I've idolized or or they're dead and I look at their past works. I'm wondering for you, are there any people that you're like, oh yeah, this person is like truly motivated me or has like done things that I'm particularly interested in or particularly respect? Yeah, I think there's there's an interesting vibe to that question for me. Mm. I think mostly it fall, would fall on authors, fiction authors. Mm -hmm. uh, those are the people who most prominently influence my own personal writing style and my future aspirations. I don't want to be in advertising forever. I want to write fiction. Of course, I have to write fiction for that to happen, which I don't really do at the moment. But in fiction... Particularly, it's such a strange balance between contemporary current writers, people who are writing now, watching them form their legacies, or maybe their legacy has been formed for them already, and kind of the greats of the past, mm -hmm. people we can all agree on. I think maybe maybe it's the easy answer, maybe it's like the boring answer, but I think Ernest Hemingway is probably someone who I think on very frequently, if, if that suffices as an answer to the question. Um, not Maybe not even because of his work, which I am a big fan of, but because of his, his life story, his lifestyle. Mm -hmm. uh, he's someone who maybe not literally, uh, to turn a phrase, but um, kind of end spirit, 
I would like to try to live my life like his in a way. Mm-hmm. I try to emulate him in in a way, in a way, because he's lived such an interesting, crazy life that it feels almost disingenuous to say that I try to emulate him. But in in some specific ways, I do. I I do look to his life's work as sort of like a model ideal yeah Hmm. it's funny that's a funny thing that i've thought a lot about which is the grand grandification the uh sort of building up of a story once it's uh passed oh yeah um and i think that's like a dangerous that is a dangerous area because it can make someone's life work seem more epic and it may be epic in your assertion or your consumption of it, but in the actual creation of it, I think is maybe where sometimes I think it. Well, that's an interesting question, right? Uh-huh. It's talking about your life's work is perceived by yourself and as perceived by others. Mm-hmm. It's a, a perception issue that is pretty unresolvable, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> how, how our life's work is perceived by others must until we're dead inexorably influence our own perception of it, right? Or uh-huh. or does it, or do we strive to make it not, or do we embrace the effect that it does? Like all things, I think is the third way. But <laughs> I do really, I think, well, at least personally, I feel like to ignore it completely is just ignorant. And I don't think it's actually healthy, but to put too much stake in it, I think is counterproductive. And I think it, it can actually dilute your voice potentially if you have one. Uh, But I think to to just completely ignore is like, I think that's actually maybe, well, we're we're perhaps moving into a different subject, but to completely ignore detractors or any other criticism or even commentary is to just like, is to like isolate yourself in a way that seems like, no, I think it's healthy to take whatever comes from there. As long as you're strong in your ideals and in your intentions, I think that you can at least know where you stand, but to isolate yourself, I think is counterproductive. I would agree. Is life's work a toxic idea in and of itself? Is the pressure and simplification of an artist's body of creation invariably bad or is it a necessary evil? Is it just something that's going to happen inevitably? Or can we... Is that too simple of a way to think about an artist's career is basically what I'm asking. No, I think to me as a, as a, um, completist, to use a term I've used before on here, I think it's the most interesting and it also gives you the freedom to continue to, uh, to evolve how you identify to evolve how you're perceived or how you perceive yourself and to evolve the entire narrative of your work. And I think life's work is like the most interesting work you can do to me. Like the, honestly, the ultimate work of art is your career really. And I think that's actually, I haven't, I've never said that before, but I'm now like for sure feeling that that's like what I'm most interested in. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so so how life's work the the phrase in it kind of um encapsulates or immediately evokes 
uh, condensation. Yeah. Bringing something that is large and broad and nuanced and making it at least a little more digestible, easy to understand, at least in a way of speaking about it mm-hmm. or even understanding it internally. Mm-hmm. Where When does that become dangerous? I'm going to use a rarely called upon sports reference <laughs> in this show, but imagine Patrick Ewing. I don't know if you're familiar. Yeah. Played for the Knicks, Knicks at center for a long time. He never won a championship. And when they talk about his body of work, it's always, he's a great player, one of the best, but... Mm-hmm. He never won. I think that's inherently a toxic viewpoint. It oversimplifies and misses the entire point of his career. Or does it? What I'm asking, I guess, is how do we approach even thinking about our own life's work in a way that doesn't oversimplify everything and miss the point? Hmm. I think this is maybe similar, a similar response to when we're talking about hearing uh other voices or feedback on our own work which is like some people will get it some people will not and there are nuances to it so i think we by necessity simplify things as humans in order to understand them i think those who are truly interested will go beyond and i don't i don't think it's i mean toxic is a really strong word i mean I guess it depends on what we think the outcomes of the assessments are. Uh, is it maybe nearsighted or not? Maybe not nearsighted, but oh yeah, overly condensing a narrative of Patrick Ewing to say yeah he. Ne-, but yeah, it is, and I think anyone who's willing to really like fully assess something will see beyond that. Um, yeah, I think. Yeah, I think the the tentative or maybe tenuous answer that I'm arriving at is that a discussion about life's work is like inherently a good thing and a healthy thing and and probably like an inevitable thing. We're just always going to talk about this sort of thing, um, but it can't be the only discussion had because it's, it's too narrow in scope. Yeah, but I also think they're just like layers of they're just like layers of interest and of conversation always. And you just, ha- I think as any, as anyone, but as an artist, especially, I think it's like, yeah, you have to understand that a lot of people, maybe even the majority of people, depending on what level of whatever you get to, uh, it's like a lot of people just won't get to layer two. Like they'll just, they'll, you know, your three sentences, your whatever, if you're, let's just say you're an artist, you're a player you're whatever doesn't matter if you're making stuff that is consumed by any level of public and and you are at the level where people are analyzing your life's work they're going to simplify it but i mean maybe this ties in for me at least where i've said like i'm really interested in making stuff for like the version of me which is the person who like got interested in someone and then goes several 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 layers deep but I think maybe God, this totally ties back for me with a conversation we had about was it about mainstream or what was our was that what it was called? Um, we were, yeah, it was talking about like um, it, was, it was the selling out discussion, yeah, right? Yeah. When when do you do things to appease your fans and when do you do things to challenge? Yes, your fans? yes, appeal. Was it appeal? Yes, appeal. Yeah, that's like I I just think personally from an artistic standpoint that it's interesting to appeal to play in that you know the larger pool or larger pond and i think anyone who 
is understanding that they are not getting the full breadth and depth of the work. They like can understand that they're simplifying it for this audience even. And so like they are in turn going to be simplified by the audience and that's fine. It's just like a reality. Well, it just speaks to an understanding of, of people's motivations, yeah. right? That's why pop music has always been so interesting. Yeah. And pop, pop everything because the people creating it clear, so clearly understand the motivations of the masses, which is not that easy to do, honestly. Yeah. Um, Grant, I, I never return the favor, though. Who is someone whose life's work sure. inspires you? Who do you? Whose life work do you look to to model your own mm-hmm. or to just inspire your own? There are definitely a few people, and I think as I've dug into specific industries or disciplines, there have been um, different people that are really focused in those that I would look to. I mean, one of my earliest was probably Chuck Palahniuk, um, just as a writer. But, man, I always come back to Spike Jones, and I think it's just because he's made such weird risky seemingly risky decisions and has like defied a lot of what you what is supposed to be okay and kind of done it low-key which i think i i am really attracted to because he can like live a normal life too (laughs) there yeah there's definitely a level of like um anonymity but sort of i mean like i don't know subtlety to the subtlety to his means of creation that is it's pretty impressive and i don't think he's that yeah, I think maybe that's something I especially identify with too is like, I think of even, oh, like Daft Punk, this is a great example because they sort of kept their identities and kept their lives. How's, yes, that's a strange example, right? Because they 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 built a very public facing, very, not to like brand them with this, but egocentric yeah. version of themselves that... I mean, when they wore the helmets to the title signing commercial, it was like a level of indulgence that I really respected. But their personal as human being anonymity is preserved, which is interesting. Yeah. I And I think that takes, I was going to say balls, but that feels like a very male viewpoint. Yeah, maybe it's a simple viewpoint. It yeah, takes, yeah, but... Yeah, it it takes a, a willingness, just a willingness to like risk. I think it, there's a it's risk guts, in that, right? It takes yeah, guts. it's and to me that's, you know, there are a lot of artists who maybe didn't hit these levels that have taken risks like that that didn't pan out, and so that's tough. But to see someone do that and, and be successful, I mean, I, I think of Romain Gavras, who's on a different level of this, which is he's a music video director. He just did a direct, uh, uh, he directed a video for for Jamie XX for Gosh, which that's. A really beautiful video, but I first got turned on to him by a video he directed for Justice called Stress. And I, when I think of Daft Punk, I think of Justice. There's another duo who is just fucking doing their thing. They're incredible. But he he directed this weird, weird documentary about their tour. It was like debaucherous and raw, and it was like gorgeous. And the video he he made, which we should show notes for uh for Stress, was just visceral. I mean. More visceral than any music video I've ever seen. And, but so he's a very political filmmaker. And so I respect it on that level. I'm like, wow, that motherfucker just like has, he just, he, he is creating art in like filmmaking at the highest level, like visual, sound, all of it. And then now he's like applying a social, political commentary that is like admirable in that it's like seeking 
change or at least making one consider. I think that's really cool. So, so that's an example of somebody who's just like playing in the mainstream. I mean, he did a Jay-Z Kanye video, you know, playing in the mainstream, but still has like an underlying pretty strong message. I don't know. Like that sort of stuff that gets me really excited. That's great. I can't, I can't wait to watch. I'm a huge justice fan. Well, I'm a justice fan. I feel like saying a huge justice fan oh, assumes sure. that I know should, more about you, the you should watch, than I do. watch this documentary across the universe. It was like their their album is great, but it's just like it's I'm on free on, to it. free on YouTube. Sixty minutes. I I'm like, in. Loved it. It's just so ridiculous. Awesome, Grant. What's the difference between a life's work and a highlight reel? When? Ooh. How do we get an actual constructive, truthful narrative of a life's work painted? And when does it become, and this this is way too controversial an example to bring up, but I'm going to bring it up anyway. So forgive me, listeners, but let's take the now rightfully maligned Bill Cosby. Yeah. And we, he, he made millions of Americans happy for a long time with his show, his comedy show, his sitcom, his tour, and now the the com- the conversation about it is inevitably blackened by the talk about his his heinous crimes yeah so this is an extreme example that i didn't really even mean to invoke no but, but this is interesting when we talk about a life's work a lot of things go into that conversation and drawing the lines on what to and what not to include in that conversation is sometimes tricky mm-hmm. i think always tricky maybe so where do we draw the lines? no doubt i mean I, I identified as a completist, so I have a hard time separating. But on that same token, I do, I do, there, there is, there is, I have a hard time separating because I care a lot about the full story, but I, I was just saying that there are layers and sometimes some things are consumed on X layer on this, not, not necessarily surface, but first layer or whatever. And I don't think it, I mean, f- fuck Bill Cosby. Let me just say that. Like, <laughs> here, here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that's just such can a you tough appreciate one. the artist for the art with, by separating them from here's Here's what, I, here's, here's what I say. Here's what I say. I can appreciate the art. I can appreciate the, the result in the same way that I could appreciate. I think it would be a lot easier for us if this was... The, 600 years ago and this was a painting because we wouldn't see so much of the man in it mm. when the man is so central i think it's so hard for us to separate here's what i can say i can on one one level appreciate the art separate from him but i actually want to go ahead and like say like i on some levels i won't i don't want to call him an artist because i honestly think like an artist may be flawed but i think there are levels that like when you go to that are just like so inhumane that it's like that you don't get to i think artist is a term that should be held in high regard and i do not think like i don't know man i think you can lose that privilege i'm gonna pu- i'm gonna push back sure on yeah that. that's fair and i'm gonna say i think it it's a little it's a little unfair to the title artist to put it on such a pedestal to that i mean artists are humans and fair, humans yeah. are capable of great and horrible things I think revoking the title of artist from someone like Bill Cosby or a similar situation, 
Chris Brown, who currently has a lot of fans, he hasn't actually kind of failed in the public opinion as much as some would hope and some would expect. I think stripping them of the title artist is a discredit to artists because it makes it feel like more of like a it's ineffable or like, exactly yeah, it's, and it's not it's not you're right this is just me like responding really emotionally to and i yeah i understand yeah. respect that yeah it's hard not to yeah um because you know what it is dude it's just completely personal to because then i'm like oh wait i'm an artist wait does that mean no you know it's just such so just like but that's but that's lo- the conversation logically right? logically yeah i but artists are cra- capable of making great art and doing horrible things at the same time. Yes, and I think I think especially now with how much access we have, I think to assume that you are separate from the art completely is is honestly it's just like stupid. Like it's, naive. I, it's naive. Yeah, naive. Naive is the word. Yeah, and so I think yeah, it's it's just especially hard to separate them, and I don't think that we should be expected to. Because that's like <laughs> no, I I know, but at the same time, it's a it's a real phenomenon. Yeah, I like that athlete for how he plays in the field, but I don't like how he acts off the field. Yeah, you know that's and the same can go for art and music. So, et cetera, so where et do you stand on this then? I'm, I, you're kind of I don't you're know. Kind of voicing it. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to figure it out. That's the problem. Like, it's it's kind of a gut test for me, dude, right? There are some artists who I really respect and who I really don't respect on a personal level. And that you can go, you can kind of drag that into the past as well. There are authors and painters and people in the past who have done or have taken stances. Maybe the cultural climate at the time was more favorable (sighs) to that, but it becomes a sort of very murky conversation when we talk about life's work, the the grand sum of their contributions. Let me give you a really personal example of this that I've struggled with is, oh God, okay. I've talked about, you know, being a, a now cliched uh, adjective, voracious reader uh, growing up. And I mean, still I read a lot. And it was such a, such a big part of my childhood and my like coming to terms with everything and like my creative spirit was reading, especially fiction, especially science fiction. And Orson Scott Card was a huge part of my childhood. Oh, there you go. Uh, Ender's Game. Ender's Game was the start of it, and a lot of people never got past that. But dude, there's a whole series. Ender's right? Shadow, which was the, like the reverse side of of that story, and that that branched off into a whole series with Bean. Bean was the character in Ender's Game, and then uh, it fucking oh god, it just bums me out because it matured. That series went on and on, and it was like Shadow. Uh, Shadow of the Giant, it ended with, oh, and then there was like Speaker for the Dead and Xenocide. And Speaker for the Dead was a book, Vince, that like was so empathetic and raw and like understanding of a foreign idea. I've never read it, but it is very rightfully, so I'm told, regarded as one of the shining examples of American science A masterwork. Yes. I've read it several times, and it's like dense, and it was like so. Dude, I still remember one of the characters' names, Miro, because there was like for a while. I was like, "Damn, if I have a kid, I'll name Miro," because because that's how it, much it affected you. Yeah, it was just beautiful. And, it was and just beautiful. The, and the namesake of the series, the Ender's Game, Ender, yeah. is also a, a very deeply celebrated work of science fiction. But to those who are not familiar, Grant, <laughs> talk about Orson Scott Card's uh, personal. I, I only life. I could only. 
delve into a little bit of it when this started surfacing because it's it honestly bummed me out so much. It's depressing. He, he's just like incredibly homophobic, like sexist, sexist, reactionary, sort of toxic. Is to- <laughs> I mean, toxic personality, uh, anti-progressive, and and basically every way, uh, which also disappointed me. And I was I was not even I I really liked the first book. I haven't read past it. Um, I've read so many of his books, Vince. So here's the question, though. This is this is where I. This is a very hopefully productive yeah, moment. Yeah. How do you feel about the books now? About the books. See that here is the reality: is they still are separate, but not well. They still but, they yeah. are separate. They are still shining pieces of fucking art. I think where I'm saying but and where I'm like finding this dissonance happening is that because of access and because of our knowledge, it's like it can ruin it. I don't think it's fully ruined it for me. I think but it's it, tainted it, right? Slightly. Have you reread it since learning about his prejudices? No, no doubt. No doubt. I wouldn't. It would be, it'd be tough for me to do so. And so I think it, it becomes... I I think this maybe is is where I'm heading with a lot of this is I see a life's work I see an artist's work as encapsulating in that it is or encompassing perhaps and I think that like when I say I'm a complete I, I, I feel like your life is related to it and your work I mean well, th- this is maybe in contrast to some of the things that even I would talk about with like Stephen Pressfield and War of Art where like you're separate from your work but like to pretend that you're not you're not the root of it and you're not what someone could trace back and what could ultimately kill the p- beautiful, beautiful plant that you have created is like, I think, irresponsible. I, I really think that. I, don't, I mean, I, I think you shouldn't hold yourself too deeply to what you're making in terms of like, I, I think if you get too caught up in the idea that like the, of the results of the quantifiable reactions to your work, I think it can just like really ruin you. But to pretend that you're not attached to it and you don't have the power to ruin it for someone else. Totally agree. No, I agree. Well, you are reminding me, though, of the other side of the coin. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. You you and I are both big fans, I think, I think I'm remembering this right, of Hero Dreams of Sushi. Yeah. This is a man who's made his work his life. Yeah. He in the in the, it's a documentary available on Netflix about a man who's owned the most prestigious sushi restaurant in Japan for a long time, uh, and he talks very candidly about the sacrifices in his personal life uh, as a father and a husband that he's made in absolute unwavering devotion to his craft. I think this is one of the the hidden dangers of the concept of a life's work. Mm-hmm. It promotes mm. uh, an, a, an abandon of ah. of balance in favor of legacy. Mm. Is this something that the day-to-day creative has to worry about? Is it something that you worry about, Grant? Ooh, excellent question. If I'm being frank, all I can think about right now is Paul Thomas Anderson and... About how I know this is like a strange thing, but I'm just being honest with you. I, I mean, hero, that seems. I don't know, man. I, it just does not seem. 
I I don't know, man. I uh, it just it just seems destructive. <laughs> like right, it doesn't it though. It does seem destructive. Yeah, it, yeah. I think the the purpose of that documentary is to frame the potential for destruction in such in such beauty and achievement. But at the end of the day, when we're talking about life's work, it's hard not right, to right. laud. Yeah, yeah. Truly, indiscriminately, the achievement of someone like Hero. So that's what I I want to I want to ask aloud: Is the concept of a life's work inherently destructive, at least in a little bit, because of that potentiality? Hmm. Do we there, build up the concept too yeah, much? Yeah, maybe. There's some irony here, though. Like, we could probably get primitive in this in terms of human achievement. Let's do it then. Well, I don't even want to that much because, like, <laughs> I, here, here's here's my reality is that I think over the, over time I've gotten away from the idea of that and a little bit more uh, attached or attracted to, like, beauty outside of that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's complicated, <laughs> like many things. I do think there's something really beautiful about, you know, about Hero, about ultimate achievement but like i mean i i this is a joke almost among us or between us now like whenever we debate something it's like i'm a like, uh, third way <laughs> right because <laughs> well, but i mean balance though the, right the nature of the question is to like frame two extremes and yeah, then, yeah, yeah. And then talk about how to achieve the middle ground but but yeah there's there's no easy answer because when you said even like not to not to try to play words lawyer it's, with you no, or no, anything please do but like you owe it to your art to know that anything you do on a personal level could deface it. So isn't the natural progression to eliminate anything but the art if you're concerned about legacy? Right, but I there are several implications here that are sort of conflicting, and I think it makes it complicated. I think what I'm trying to say is that the... Uh, uh, the artists I look up to and the artists uh, and the art I try to make and the art that like I care about is like it it is personal and it is related to who you are outside of it and I do think that you can exist outside of it and I don't think that completely undermines maybe the art but i i just think like it's irresponsible if you care so much about your art and if you have made that your life's work and i think if you find really a lot of meaning in that that i think it's it's like actually it's just really irresponsible as an artist to live a life that is so opposed to what you're making is what i'm trying to say i think and i'm not saying you can't i think great artists have and will create incredible things and live lives that are completely different and or what but i just i just maybe the kind of work i'm interested in is like a little bit more aligned with like yeah or maybe 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 what i'm talking about is like well okay something related that i think a lot about is that like let's define art no but it (laughs) yeah right but I, i think you can live artfully in whatever profession you're doing. And there are, you know, there is like separate consumable art that we maybe at times put on a pedestal or that is like entertainment or that is whatever. But I really think, I really think, you know, 
we talk, Dave and I talk about this a lot with debt to stock stuff is like, you know, accountants can be artistic. I, I think you can be very, very artistic. And so I think that's where like, I have this dissonance across the board where I'm just like, yes, but it's all art. Like, I guess it's more of like a way of being. And, and I think that's why I get twisted about the idea of like, I understand how the art can misalign with your perception of the person but I guess I just like when when there's a there's a misalignment and then there's like sort of a shit shitty person and that's like a bit, bit like I mean <laughs> right yeah. I mean I don't want to say evil because that's a really strong word but there's they're yeah. like I mean they're like you know just really like abhorrent levels of humanity that like I just you just kind of seem unacceptable with. Within art. Irreconcilable. Yeah. And so I... Yeah. Sorry, man. That was fucking meandering. That... It was a... It was a perfect... A perfect response for our 100th episode. <laughs> yeah. It was... It was... No, it was really encapsulating. It was cool because you just kept... You bounced it point after point that I... I just kept nodding my head. I was agreeing. <laughs> yeah. Every step of the way. It's... Like all things, a matter of balance, and and I think we all just need to be honest with ourselves that there's a tipping point at which the art is no longer appreciable, and something that is that cannot be taken out of the discussion at all is that when you're talking about an artist's life's work, that has their life yes yeah, boiled one, into the one concept. half. It's four of it's the w- eight letters. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly it. Well, um, it's well. It's if you if you had the nine. if you have the possessive <laughs> ass, yeah, exactly. okay. <laughs> um, so life and work, you can appreciate an episode of the Cosby Show, for instance. Yeah. If you, I, I wouldn't necessarily, but you could. Someone could very defensively say, or even a joke within one episode of the Cosby Show. Yeah. A singular joke, I can definitely laugh at. Mm-hmm. I could see myself laughing. Removed, divorced from the larger picture. But when we're talking about the concept specifically of life's work, life goes into it. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's an, it's just very interesting to me because so often art is about product and, you know, f- not for better or for worse, just for the way it is. Uh, the things that you make, the things that you ship, uh, they kind of define the work. Mm-hmm. They are the work. Mm-hmm. But to bringing another layer into the discussion has always fascinated me. It's sort of an anthropological layer yeah. to consuming the Anthropological, indeed. Yeah, especially now, especially in the times. I, I'm i just thinking right now, it's like f- for us to not acknowledge that people change and that people do things separate from it is like, it's crazy. So I'm actually like kind of taking a step back and really thinking about that. And like, I, I really respect Obama's presidency, for example. But it, it, let's say he got super homophobic, super, he was just a, I don't know. It well, seems so or, let's, or let's use a real, a real historical analog. Let's say he had an affair while he's in office. Yes. Interesting. How would the, how would your personal, because I can't hope to ask you to speculate on the public perception. It's far too complicated, but how would your personal perceptions of him change? AKA, how do you feel about Bill Clinton as a president? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's hard for me to say because when I I wasn't I wasn't really of age to have an opinion sure. prior. But let's just pretend Obama had an affair. Like I, we found out about it in a year or something. A year after he's out of office, he had an affair during his presidency. It would definitely mar it for me. Because because it so would, it's 
that I mean, I think our opinions differ on this, which is, I I, I don't I don't think our opinions on infidelity and adultery differ. I think we both agree that it's a manipulative, disgusting life practice. Um, as if it's one sided, obviously. Um, but Bill Clinton remains one of my all time favorite presidents. One of the presidents I respect most. So, but this is a specific example where I think a lot of my perception of him is tied into the idea of him, like, not doing that. Him being a paragon of of morality and So, it, it would just sort of, like, ruin a lot of the... It would just, like, all come crumbling. A lot of the things that I... It was built on. What I, Honestly, that's probably, like, a a keystone for me. That's very interesting. But I don't think it, it, well, there are layers to that too, though, where I could say like, well, no, that's, this is, this is. <laughs> but it, it's revealing just how convoluted the conversation becomes. Trying to set all the good that President Obama's done and one of my all-time most respected presidents, yeah. even though his presidency isn't even over, even though I don't have the benefit of perspective. Yeah. Still wildly, and but we don't even need to create hmm. fictional moral, you know, interferences. We can look to things like drone bombings in Pakistan. Yeah, yeah. Something objectively horrifying. Yeah. That he that President Obama has been a part of. Yeah. And rightfully criticized for, uh, and that hasn't even though that's more morally apprehensible than yeah, a yeah, simple yeah, yeah. sexual indiscretion. Yeah, totally. It still <laughs> does not affect my overall interesting positive opinion of our president, and so this is it's very it's very strange it's interesting uh it it's illuminating as to what things matter to you as a person it is and, and I would yeah it is and uh, as in all of our conversations I'd love to if we could just kind of circle it back to me and <laughs> <laughs> but I was just thinking okay let's say uh let's say I cheated on a girlfriend. And bad thing. Yeah, bad thing. And someone found out about that and then they looked at all my work and they said none of that mattered. That would I'd be like, What? A mistake like, you made. I made a mistake. A like, night yeah. of indiscretion has now jeopardized your entire life's work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, from that perspective it's like, oh, hmm. It it is complicated. I it especially when you don't have you don't have the benefit of uh, conversation with the person, right? <laughs> right. But it, but it is just like, I guess I guess maybe it's more, maybe it's more of a thing when I feel like the relationship from audience to whatever this person is is based on something related to that. Yeah, man. <laughs> it's 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 strange. Maybe <laughs> maybe this is as good a point of any then yeah. to to jump into. Uh, I mean, we're talking about life's work and we're talking about many interesting, great, you know, provocative artists and creators. It would be a shame not to reflect on some of the ones that we've been even more personally acquainted with, that we've gotten to, to briefly know as people in addition to them as artists. Yes. And what a what a treat to get to know them in, in our context. You Absolutely. Know? And, that's That's yeah. still the... 98% of the reason that I I look forward to doing the show every week. Like, oh, wow, that's a pretty And high. then the, the other 1.9% is that I get to spend time with you, Grant. 
Honored, mortified. <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna start signing my emails to you. We're to we're on the same page, though, right? Yeah. We, yeah, yeah. There are two main reasons that we love the show. It's because we get to spend time together. Yeah. It's because we get to meet cool people. Yeah, no doubt. And this week's off-topic topic is probably shamefully on topic, but we don't care because we make the rules because it's our fucking show. (laughs) Uh, It is guests. It is podcast guests, namely guests on our podcast. Shall we reflect for a 10-minute segment about uh, all the amazing, cool, interesting people we've had on the show? No doubt. Man, I'm uh, I'm just starting at the start. So we did... Did we do... Oh, we did the first one, Hostful, right? Yep, yep. What was the topic? Do we know? Starting something. Starting something. <laughs> Dude, and a little on the nose. Holy shit. Do you remember that? Maybe we can link to this. Do you remember the Medium article I wrote on it? Yes, it was good. Weird. Yeah, it was, I mean, it was... I liked it. Yeah, it was... It was cool. It went into the whole, like, formative... Yeah, like, starting a thing with someone else. Right. Like, it was honestly a lot of processing, probably, for me. Yeah, it was, it was like a... It read kind of like a, a journal entry. It was, yeah, it was very It was much very, that. like, it was analytical. It yeah. was step by step. Yeah. Weird. Uh, Yeah, man. And Two and a half years ago, that was. 2.5. And and what it delved into was was really the OG brand of it and, like, thinking about that and working on the Seth Godin project and then come back and start that shit. And then, so we did that one. And then we had Josh Long, who was on that project with me, who was actually a big motivator and starting a podcast who is he, also just great yeah Simplecast he runs Simplecast which we still use and they sponsor the show so so do like tens of thousands of other people yeah yeah and it's a great platform um, and he's he was a great guest he was a good guy yeah he was he was very gracious all of our early guests were extremely extra gracious for putting especially up especially looking back on it don't aren't, just how like, many Ugh. hoops we made him jump through and how just long oh, the episodes were Dude, I can't help but think of Adam Garcia, episode five. Oh, oh Lord, I mean, Adam. Who, who truly has become, and I don't think he would shy away from, I think he's become like a friend. Like he's a friend. Like I love that dude. Like he's so awesome. Oh, he, he but was awesome. I'm embarrassed. Man. I'm embarrassed. Like, fuck. What? T- wait, we didn't do it three times, right? Just twice? Just twice. Okay. But just the twice. second time was also still terrible. Because yeah, we had to cut around. Echo and then the uh, episode is, you, you should all do yourselves a, a disservice, an unfavor, and yeah. listen to maybe the first handful yeah. of episodes. The masochist, learning, 10, listeners out there. Yes, there was a learning curve involved. Yeah, that was rough. That was a super rough one. But he was very generous. <laughs> he was. He was generous. Actually, it was an awesome conversation to hear his story of the come up of his like his journey. Yeah, to art was is well worth a listen. Super interesting, but. And then the I, production value just wasn't quite not, there. Not great production value. In my head, I jumped to episode nine with the Hood Sisters, who will hopefully be joining us again soon. Consider this like a, a proto-teaser, where we're like, I, we think the Hood girls are going to be back on. Yeah. They seem interested, and yeah. they are still to this day. I've kind of They were so fun. That's I've kind of viewed that as like a chapter changing yeah. in, in 10,000 hours history. Episode nine, I feel like we kind of got our our feet under us and the conversation was just so positive we stopped worrying so much i think we were just like we just let the conversation flow yeah well i think yeah after after that little that little range like one to eight 
you're like, okay, like now not everyone matters so much. Not every, we don't have to be so comprehensive. Yeah, we don't exactly. Have to, everything doesn't need to be said. Which is something I struggle with still, man. Well, you're a completist. I'm a completist. Uh, so that, and then right after that, we had a fucking nightmare with Jason Headley, not in terms of the guests, but in terms of recording. I remember that. We had to call him great. in, right? We, we, I had to go into my office and he had to call via cell phone. Oh, and there boy. Was a, it Not was a good. planes, trains, and automobiles We're so situation. Sorry, Jason. <laughs> Jason, maybe you should be on again. A, re- a redemption, a redemption episode. episode. Um, but I mean, now maybe the I'm teens being were a blur. The, t- the teens of the twenties. No, uh, Nora McInerney Permort was nineteen. I think nineteen. Um, Somewhere around there. She stands out to me as still one of the, and the most she, poignant Vince, conversations that has I've a ever. podcast coming out in. November, I believe. I recently purchased her book. Um, it, I forget the exact the exact wording because it's kind of a. Uh, it's okay to laugh, or it's okay to laugh. Crying is cool too. Yes, it's okay to laugh. Crying is cool too. Yeah, I have uh, a signed copy sitting on my coffee table upstairs. It was it was awesome. My girlfriend went to listen to her give her uh, sp- her speech and signing um, at Majors and Quinn, but. Uh, she's she's an awesome person, Gosh, and, and she, it was an office, awesome conversation. I don't even know. It was it not letting go. It was could it could have been. It, it was something heartfelt yeah, yeah, and, and excellent. Um, but Fuck. she was she one. was a, she was a great one. Oh, and then we had that sweet run in the twenties uh, to Portland. Yes. Where we did yes. five episodes on the road or whatever. We had yeah. OMFG Co, Evan Schneider, Kara Hope, uh, Jolby and Friends. Yes. That, so fun. That was 10,000 Miles. 10,000 Miles. The, the Hopefully original. reprised soon. Yes. Soon to be reprised. Um, this is going to sound like a promotion now since we were <laughs> Yeah. What's old is new again. Um, then season two started off uh, of the bang. Yeah. We had oh, yeah. Susan Bennett. We had Katie Dude, Are we skipping over Seth? Oh, how dare I? I know, yeah. no, I know. I, I got ahead of myself. 30, yeah, 32. Yeah, was. that was a fucking moment. Dude, I remember recording that in my in our, in our my old studio, and I was so nervous. We were both just... Oh, my God. Something Fuck. I will... I'll credit myself in this, in that I've gotten a lot less nervous talking to people who I admire and respect because of the show, but that episode had me frozen fucking solid, man. I was, I was terrified. Oof. At first, I was afraid. I was petrified. <sighs> Sorry, I was just like reverting back for a second. Okay, and yeah. what a great episode! Yeah, great what a ep- gracious man. Yeah, he's a good um, one. I mean, dude, I'm not to segue us back in, but uh, life's work. I mean, he's he's somebody I really think of. Who, man, when yeah, he just is doing it and is like, well, you you brought up highlight reel before, and I can't help but think like. Highlight reel is so beyond him because because yeah. he uh and this this is I mean maybe a true mark of a life's work is he I have seen one of his truths which is making an impact and the biggest way to make an impact is to not inspire a group of soldiers but to plant seeds plant seeds that can all grow and he has absolutely done it I mean fuck <laughs> yeah. Good on him. Yeah, good, good on him. <laughs> good on uh, him. The, Shouts out. Uh, still, still one of the highlights of not only this show, but my my personal artistic endeavors is the chance to 
chat earnestly with him about yeah he and then i memorably he he scolded me and said there's no such thing as bad writing yes and, and that's something that i've taken totally to heart totally changed my perspective on the whole thing sick so what was our we were we were talking about not shipping it we were talking about putting you know it felt like it was like a big one right? oh we i yeah you know was it self-awareness self-awareness yeah obviously season one's main season theme. one's only theme yeah right? no, yeah self-awareness yeah. yeah okay um well and season two right has also yeah been. yeah um but uh and finally season three we two changed the, up the record a little yeah. bit it's still weird to think back that we're on the third season <laughs> i mean it doesn't seem right yeah uh but briefly when, we're not we're gonna cancel us <laughs> yeah right i feel like the guillotine's hanging over our head but um not to be like we got so timeliney i'm sorry yeah we we got a little timeliney we got a little bit you know walking down memory lane i have no wasn't fucking meant to problem. be that. hey it's our show fuck yeah off. you know what again i'll go back to it yeah fuck you um <laughs> Thanks for listening. Go fuck yourself. But just to like sum it up, so many cool people. Is there like a favorite a favorite guest moment that you have? Ooh, dang, that's really tough. I man. mean, there's a lot of good. There's like a gr- lot of great candidates, right? I'm trying to think of ones where I just like got. I feel like the ones who are willing to play ball humor wise. That's s- a a unique experience. Again. Yeah, because to me, to me, that's like even a big stalwart or a big part of like. Uh, the show is is not taking it so seriously because even we talk about a life's work it's like it it doesn't matter it's all matters it doesn't matter that's the balance for me it's like it all matters it doesn't matter like I care deeply but like to it's almost indulgent to give it too much regard so it's like yeah, the ones who are willing to play ball, it's like laughing at death to me. <laughs> two two people and I couldn't agree more. I'm right there. I'm right there with you. Two people who jump off the page uh the pages of my the, memory. The, the podcast pages. Right. Uh that fit that bill are Jordan Brady and oh Sonny Lee. Two of my favorite all-time <laughs> guests because they were they had so much fun with it. They were so funny. LA folk. They got the West, the West Coast, <laughs> the West Coast state vibes. of mind. Yeah, dude, I man, that was actually a, a highlight for me. The playlist that came out of Sunny Lee's Sunny episode, Lee, yeah. Dreams of Sunny Lee, Dreams of Sunny Lee, still, still on Spotify that, yeah, somewhere. <laughs> somewhere floating around. And Jordan Brady waxing absolutely fucking poetic. extra poignant now because of the passing of an icon. Yeah, Prince talked about how he had stuffed his face with powdered donuts before. Looking like a coke-addled monster in front of the prince of pop, His Highness. Yeah, uh, so so many great memories, man. So good memes, good memes. I thought this season too. I mean, even like Sean Dunn. Sean Dunn for me was like really special, just because the work he's doing. It's especially of the times. Oh, absolutely. He. We're talking about filmmakers who's body of Gosh. work whose whose oh, life's work is still Vince. early on but is important dude my f- my dad oh yeah we can't, we, we can't went up to that. my parents home and man that's a tearjerker for me it just like such a treat a diversion from the uh, from the usual for sure and to to absolutely great effect thank you thanks for doing that oh of course it was it was truly my pleasure thanks for thanks to the grant spanier family for yeah, those guys, they're good ones. And then, I mean, we had my uncle on oh, yeah. recently. Sort of a reprisal. Yeah. But his story, I think his story was 
Uh, not to say that your father's wasn't, but your father's was mostly it to was me personal. interesting because of the personality yeah, between yeah, yeah. the two of you. My uncle's, is, my uncle's is objectively, objectively <laughs> interesting, right? Yeah, yeah. He just had an objectively fascinating and bizarre and awesome story. Yeah. Um, it's been a wild ride, man. And future guests looking great. Oh, Can't yeah. wait. Gosh. We totally. won't tip our hands. You just have to fucking listen i guess <laughs> dude i like this new attitude where we're just like we're sort of rude we, we to our hate our listeners yeah we keep them in a dependent state hopefully it's better than the subtle hatred for them that we used to have yeah, by yeah. just including visual gags all the time yeah oh god in self-referential maybe we'll get past that soon never i, I fear that that's never going to become the case eh, we'll see <laughs> One thing I know we'll always do is segue seamlessly and <laughs> rely on alliterations. And uh, fantasize about um, the, what is it? The, I, I now even forget when something the same front ways as Palindromic? It is. Yeah. Palindromic <laughs> nature of the episode numbers. All right. Well, we've hit all the great ones. Next episode will be great. It'll be one-on-one. It'll be a super, it was a three, a three-figure palindrome. Oh God! I know. I can already see you <laughs> salivating. <laughs> yeah, we in the weeds, but we had to adjust our naming conventions recently. Oh, just even very f- f- a very cute little moment. Yeah, with, uh, because Grant, you're so, so OCD. Yeah, I I was going to be a little more complimentary and yeah. say you're you're so meticulous about your processes in general and naming conventions is kind of like the boilerplate one that you come up with like file naming and file organization as like an example of cleanliness is next to godliness Uh, and so because of the terrible algorithm that Google Documents uses to sort their file names we had to do some reclassification (sighs) man I've I've been faced with this I don't want to call it a demon, but I've been faced with this, uh, that, that it is a monster, that OCD monster with, uh, especially with working so closely with David and with that, the stock stuff. And I'm like really having to like come to terms with just like my obsession with that. I think I have, but then I'm like, there's, that's a funny balance of, uh, and honestly to me, this is maybe relevant to life's work stuff, which is like getting obsessed with the thing you're doing, the thing you're working on and like, Really, I'm putting it on a pedestal is almost demeaning, ironically, right. because like it implies that you're like you're confining them, yeah, and you're over, but but, but but not to, yeah, let's not let's sorry, not sorry, over yeah, yeah. let's yeah, not yeah. over analyze that sentiment though, <laughs> yeah, to to laud your own work to find importance in something that you're doing and and reflect that importance with dedication and passion is kind of like the dream. It's kind of like what you what you live to do. Yeah, exactly. And so there's a, there's a funny balance that that's a really funny balance of even in this conversation is just like thinking about your life's work and then thinking about your day to day and then what matters, what's important. I'm not sure. I will say maybe relevant, maybe relevant is I've taken to (laughs) in a true show of self-affirmation, I've been retweeting myself uh, every, <laughs> every single day now uh, the tweet that I currently have pinned uh, and if you're listening to this episode in like 2020 or 20 you know somewhere in the 2020s because I'm sure this is going to come back up uh, speaking of life's it, work it, it'll probably be a different thing no but uh, the pin tweet I have is is just want to make dope stuff with dope people we've talked about that before you said that season one even 
Really? Yeah. Wow. I back. tweeted that in October of 2015. So that was definitely way after. But that was that's a concept that you've had in yeah. in like here. Yeah. I'm I'm tapping my heart. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for <laughs> it's, it's not that it's not it's not new to you. Yeah, right? exactly. And I mean, dude, <laughs> dude, here's my secret. Uh, is like that's what it comes down to. Is like the the other stuff is all gravy, just like the show we talk about this. But it's. Uh, everything else is gravy and, and, and making stuff for the super fan or making stuff for the surface fan is like gravy or is like related, but really it's like, it comes down to the process. It comes down to the day to day, but I've been retweeting that every single day now. And I was like, I'm just going to retweet this every day. <laughs> I tweeted like, Oh, I'm just going to retweet this every day. Cause this is like really what it comes down to for me. So, and I've been doing it and like, it's, it's actually been fun. Cause like people then re like have been interacting with it that have never. And like, it, it becomes just, a thing. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, Oh yeah, this is why I'm here. So like, you might as well keep doing this. Beautiful. Yeah. I, I I'm love like it, loving man. it. Yeah. And, and to get, and to get even a little bit meta, like, the show started off as something like, I was like, oh yeah, let's let's do it. I'm in. It'll be fun. I'll get to spend time with Grant. But it's really turned into something that I and I never. I don't even know if I really anticipated it would. Or it wasn't that I was I was pessimistic about it. I just wasn't thinking about it. But it's really turned into something that I'm I'm super proud of, and I think will factor into at least the current conversation about my own understanding of my own life's work. Yeah, which we haven't dug into, and I really do want for the best, maybe right. I, mean, I don't know. To, I mean, I mean, we. I mean, maybe not. Maybe I'm being a little too modest and midwestern, but like, I think there's kind of a level of understanding about our appreciation for it, right? Yeah. Okay, that's fair. But I think there's also like a level of of like willingness to go there to our relationship that like. <laughs> Oh, our personal. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, oh just, I was th- I was thinking about how the, the podcast and just our appreciation oh, for it. Yes, yes. Okay, okay, okay. We were miscommunicating there. We yes. were trying to communicate telepathically. Is the problem? I know. And we were, <laughs> but I think per, from a personal level, yeah. I think if we if we're admitting and we're acquiescing that the personal can't be separated from the art in in the long purview, then. I think the reason this has been successful at all is that I enjoy spending time with you each and every week. Yeah, dude, totally. Which is, yeah, it's so dope. <laughs> it is. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I use this as an example, even in a lot of the other stuff I'm working on, is like, as like, oh, yeah, dude, I've, I've like become obsessed with the term nectar, which I'm sure you've picked up on. <laughs> it's pretty frequent appearance. Yeah, uh, yeah. Which eh, I'm not gonna shy away from because like I lean into that's something. That's a good term. Yeah, you know, yeah. And I'm not I'm not gonna shy away from like overusing stuff, even though I I think there's like a part of me that hates myself. No, no, no. Well, yeah, definitely that. But there's <laughs> a there's a part of me that is so intimidated by your ability as a writer and as a wordsmith, even in your in your vocal your verbal ability and uh so there's a part of me that's really intimidated there and so then i get occasionally self-conscious about my word choices but i will say in terms of like repetition as in i'm really sticking to something uh nectar is one that's been but but yeah i i i've I've unshamed myself from that oh absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. yeah and to put and to complete the pair of shoes and put on the other foot sure uh 
firstly, you're you've made it into like a a thing on the show where you like talk about your word choice. So it's kind of like completely skirted the entire idea, I think. But also, I have the same feeling when because you, I'm, I'm not shy about the fact that you procure probably ninety six to ninety eight percent of the guests, right? Sure. It's because your network is so huge, and you and you know so many people, and you have ties and appreciations with so many forms of art. Uh, that's that's sometimes intimidating because you you uh, already have a discourse started with a guest when we start the show. Yeah, yeah. So that's an in, it's an, always an interesting dynamic that I have to play catch up just a little bit. Oh man, it's it, not something that really like puts me off or or yeah. or lights me up or anything. But it, you know, it's something that's on my mind. Totally, man. That's so fucking funny and cool and interesting. Oh man, let's let's go all the way, Vince. <laughs> uh, I think we have. I think we can eschew the customary first question: how to support us. If you've listened to part or all of our 100 episodes, I mean, God help you if you've listened to all of them, <laughs> honestly. But uh, if you listen to any of them, you've already supported us, and we appreciate that. Hopefully, you'll keep listening, keep reaching out, and keep interacting with us because yeah. that's what makes it all worth it. Uh, some last thoughts, man. Some, For sure. I would we... say go rate us or something. Yeah. Well, yes, please do. And like us on Facebook and go, no, I'm just kidding. Fuck Facebook. Tweet maybe, about maybe tweet us. us. <laughs> maybe tweet us because that's fun. Uh, but yeah. Okay. Sorry. Uh, some last thoughts on life's work. Life's work, man. <sighs> mm, okay. Two, two initial things that we cannot <laughs> overlook, uh, based on the show, self-awareness. Like we can't skip over that. We can't. We must. Especially, we're all at different levels of our own journey, whether that's age, whether that's... And it's not always just a complete linear scale, too. Ugh, we, no doubt. You can be self-aware in moments and less self-aware in others. Um, well, and self-aware, I mean, as we, as we pretty much... <laughs> we got to the end of that idea for us, which was that it never ends. It's a constant thing, self-awareness. It's just so constant, and mm. you just constantly have to check in with it. Um, so that's layer one, is like really digging deep into self-awareness into, I mean, God, that sounds fucking pretentious, but the reality is like digging deep into who you are, digging deep into the things you're into and, and just really thinking about that and working on it and creating things and then learning from that. And then from there, we talk a lot about self-definition, which is like kind of the next stage, at least for me, which is, oh, okay, like I've thought a lot about who I think I am or who I am. And then what, what do I want that to be? What can I mold that into? What can I create that is related to that, that is authentic, that is coming from a place of authenticity? And then where does that lead, Vince? I, where, where indeed does it lead? I think if I'm trying to kind of sum my thoughts on life's work, which is kind of a summary of a summary of a summary, <laughs> but... I would, uh, I would be Ed Norton. You were Ed Norton for me, <laughs> yeah. for a second there in Fight Club. Maybe we'll show notes that clip where he's pulling the uh, and he's, he's saying a copy of a copy of a copy. <laughs> of you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Still, still one of my all-time favorite movies. Absolutely. Um, I think perspective is is just as important as it always is. Yes. Where when you're looking back, your something as benign and simple as your own memory of a situation can can irrecoverably taint or distort your view of something. So I'm not trying to say, you know, be mindful of the absolute truth at all times. Much the opposite. It's acknowledge that there's perspective involved and that when you're looking back or when you're trying to, you know, condense 
your work, your career, your life into a conversation that there are going to be imperfections in that process. And to welcome those and embrace those would, makes the whole process healthy instead of unhealthy. All I'm thinking about right now, which is so funny to me, like, is let go, is is the idea. And <sighs> that was soon out, right? Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, letting go was an episode. But here's here's <laughs> here's where that idea crystallizes for me. I when we were on that Seth Godin project, and this is where it really comes around. We were required to write a blog every single day, every single night of that project, which was pretty intense. And it was a it was a serious thing. And I don't know what day it was. It was probably like day six or seven or something. And it was a really intense period, especially of that. And I wrote a blog about letting go and I embedded um, the clip from Fight Club <laughs> of Edward Norton and, and Tyler Durden or of Brad Pitt. But, uh, no. you know, yeah, uh, in the car and Tyler Durden hands off the steering yeah, wheel. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like just let go, just let go, just let go. And that was like a, a feeling I had during that project and is something I constantly have to... I mean, it's it's the fucking balance of of caring about what you're doing enough to um, intellectualize it and enough to like really think deeply about it, but you kind of have to like let go of that of the logic and of your brain <laughs> and just like sort of try and tap into your intuition, which is what we're talking about with 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 self awareness, with self definition, and I really think. I, you know, maybe this is even just a mantra to myself about legacy or about life's work is like let go because the only real thing is what you're doing and the impact you're making now. And, and there will be impact uh, of from your work and from the stuff you do later. But to get too attached to that, I think at least for me, for the type of chemical and matter balance that I am, I think it's probably a destructive um, force to get too attached to the idea of the impact, at least in too far of a, a, a view. I, I would, I would completely agree. Yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense. And I think that as we move forward with this project, the reason why it's going to keep being what it is, is because we haven't really worried about like what it's going to mean or what, it, yeah. what the impact is, et cetera, et cetera. We just have fun doing it. And so to more of that, cheers. Fuck yeah. Something man. like that. Fuck yeah. Can we um, get that nectar? Ooh. Yeah, sweet, get that, sweet, that, that, that self-aware nectar. nectar. Oh my Woo! goodness. Well, Grant, it's been a pleasure. Well, then I think the only way to sign us off would be to do a hundred shippets in a row. <laughs> that. Sounds awful for us and the listeners. Here's what we'll do. We'll do one ship it and then our editor will <laughs> rapidly <laughs> replicate it. No, actually don't do don't that. Do that. Don't do that. Actually don't. Please Pat. don't do that. Uh, but also a quick thank you to Pat. Yeah, shouts out to Pat. And I, I think we've been so referential to Pat here because, man, he's been a huge part of this story. Uh, and one, man... I, I don't, don't want to get too ugh, I'm too emotional about all things but it's just like man that motherfucker has been supporting us and supporting the work we've been doing for 70 plus episodes he's been a total rock unbelievable yeah. dude yeah. <laughs> that's absolutely. insane to me absolutely what a he, fucking ugh. so Pat Lager thank you thank you so much and here's to you 
don't do any of the weird visual audio cues that we pointed out in the episode. Unless we'll, we'll do the visual cues. We'll do the visual cues, and the rest is up to you. Yeah. Um, here's here's one for you, and for all the listeners, and for all our guests. Yes. What a treat, man! It 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 has really been a treat. A century of episodes. <laughs> well, More I, or I'm saying I'm saying this for the for the people who are listening in 2116. Who are hyped on the show? They're like, "Wow, we have We've unearthed- really been rediscovered <laughs> in the future." I've, I'm sensing the same thing. Grand, do we want to do a, a, a co-ship it? <sighs> Fuck it. Yeah. I mean, yes. Ship, Ship it. it. <laughs>